Yeah, I really enjoy actually talking with folks about my artwork and doing vendor tables and talking with people in that way. But I'm really just trying to do it for the kids so that they can feel pride in who they are, where they come from, and actually do their own work. What my mission is behind all this, and that is to actually carry Native American art forward into the future. Buju, hello, welcome to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. I'm your host, Leah Lam. And I'm your other host, Co Primo Miigwech, for joining us today. Native Lights is more than a podcast and radio show. At its core, it's a place for Native folks to tell their stories. Uh, each and every week, we have great conversations with amazing guests. If you've listened to the show, you know what we're talking about. And these are musicians, artists, community leaders, doctors, healthcare advocates, language warriors, you name it. They have a wonderful mix of passions, and we talk to them about their gifts and how they share those gifts with their community. And it centers around, you know, finding purpose in our lives and amplifying Native voices. Leah, what's up? Hey, Cole. Hanging in there. You know, we like to make sure we take the good and the bad as they go, as they come. And it's a it's a tough week for me. I think kind of a tough week for a lot of people up here in northern Minnesota. We lost an amazing person here in Grand Rapids recently, a young person, mid-40s, heartbeat of the region, who was just an amazing Ah, amazing spirit, lovely person, Jesse Davis, pouring a little uh, ginger ale out for my dude. And so, you know, we try to be, you know, here on Native Lights, we try to be positive, you know, and we totally are. And at the same time, you know, acknowledge the, the tough parts that come around. So we're just, we're having a tough moment here. That's why I treasure... These times that we can have in community, talking to one another, you know, boujooing around and all that. So I'm I'm really glad to take some time to talk to a community member today. Yeah. Sorry to hear about that loss up up there in Grand Rapids. And yeah, I mean, we're we're recording this, you know, in mid-January. 2023 was a was a tough year with a lot of losses and and this podcast, this show has really been a, a nice, uh, you know, uplifting thing in my life. And I hope it's been that way for other people because mm-hmm. it's just so rewarding hearing from all these people yeah. and, and, and the good things they're doing. So, yeah. Yeah. How are you doing, Cole? I'm doing, I'm doing great. I, I'm getting over a, a little COVID bout, but the fog is clearing. You know that first day when you're when you're just feeling a little bit better and you're like, nice, I'm glad we're going. <laughs> and that's that's today. And uh, so I apologize Hopeful. if my voice starts breaking a little bit, but um, <laughs> no, feeling great, you know. Good. Yeah. But no, you know, we're we're doing great and uh, I'm, I'm glad to keep go- going with the show. Let's do it. <laughs> Good. Yes, yes, yes. Well, this week, I'm very excited to speak with our guest today, Stephen Standing Cloud. Stephen Standing Cloud is an Ojibwe artist. He's a citizen of the Red Lake Nation. And on his website, Standing Cloud Graphics, his digital art takes the form of prints 
and household items like clocks and magnets. Super fun, super vibrant art. So, Stephen Stanicloud, boujou. Hello. Boujou, Stephen, could you start by, you know, just introducing yourself and telling us, you know, where you're from, all that good stuff. All right. Uh, my Indian name is uh, Gizes Makwa, and this Kwagamiri is a guy getting in Don Jipa. Chioni Kaming Inda Minawa Anoki. My name is Stephen Standing Cloud. I, uh, I'm a Red Lake band member. I currently live in Grand Portage. And Grand Portage is my mom's reservation. So I'm here. My dad is from Red Lake. That's where I'm enrolled. I've been here, I don't know, six, seven years. And prior to that, I was here another seven years. So I've been here quite a bit, living in Grand Portage for a while. Great. How are you doing? How's the family doing? Good. I stay here with my daughter and I uh, have cousins in the area. I grew up in Minneapolis and went to college there and and then moved away in about 98 started working for a reservation working for my own reservation and in, in the area of economic development i worked with malax and worked with grand portage for a number of years so my major was uh, i got an mba from uh, carlson school of management so i've used some of that education to help with uh, some of these tribes i've been working with you went to Carlson? I'm a Carlson School of Business graduate. Wow. I forgot the year I graduated. I think 96. 96. Yeah. Cool. So I've been... I did one semester there. Called it good. <laughs> <laughs> I managed to last a couple of years and graduate, so it was really a hell. Good. Good for you. Yeah. Can you tell us what you're thinking about these days? Is there anything that you're just like mulling over or thinking about anything you want to get uh, get off your chest? What's at the top of your mind? Usually uh, around this time of year, uh, I always think about getting ready to go to the various vendor shows and, and putting together um, some of my art. And the way I do that is I create graphics uh, using uh, Photoshop and put together images and i've been doing that for a number of years and and at times i can take same the same images that i've created and put it all, all together and recreate it in a different type of graphic i uh, make various things prints frame prints matted prints i do a lot of clocks and i've done things like boxes so so this time of year you know of course we just got through with Christmas, and that is a, a pretty busy, busy time for me to uh, get all this inventory together and and put something out there that people want to buy, and people seem to continue to keep buying my artwork. So I'll just keep creating whatever you know I think is sellable, and it, it actually works every year, and people aren't really tired of my work yet, and. Uh, and hopefully they never will be. And uh, November, December, I had a gallery show at ACO in Duluth. That lasted a couple months, and uh, that ended on December 29th. And so I'm just kind of winding down and um, wondering where my next uh, gig is going to be. And I got a, actually a, um, a lead from my nephew, 
who works at Mystic Lake and uh, there's a vendor show down there that's happening in the beginning of February. So I put in my application. I haven't been selected yet, but I have to put together my uh, inventory again. So it's just kind of a big kind of panic to figure out, okay, what do I need to do? Do I have enough supplies? If I don't, where I'm getting them. So I, I just mm. kind of worry about a little bit about it. And it's, it's kind of, a, I set a goal for myself. I'll get everything together and put much as much together as I can before the show. And every now and then I'll get a chance to um, create some new artwork. I haven't had a chance to do that because I'm, uh, I got a full-time gig and I'm a single father. So uh, there's quite a bit of uh, other things going on besides uh, creating. And so, and I try to do that as much as I can. You're listening to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. Native Lights is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Today we're speaking with Stephen Standing Cloud, citizen of the Red Lake Nation. He's an artist whose work celebrates American Indian art and beauty as part of cultural identity and tradition. So Stephen, like, how did you, how did you actually get started with art? Um, what was the origin story behind that? I just really just started all of this out as a hobby. Uh, when I was a young man, I worked at the Minneapolis American Indian Center. I used to paint teepee covers. So I spent months on cement floors, and I must have painted maybe like 13, 14 large teepee covers for the Indian Center at one point. Mm-hmm. And so I've always had art and I've always been a painter. I've done some murals on large canvas for the Indian Center. I've done my own paintings, drawings, and I really wanted to uh, actually get into uh, graphic design in the 80s. I think I had it in my head that um, I was going to get into computer art. And so I went into started my college career and I was looking about for programs and I asked this one counselor if there was a computer graphic design course I could take and he says he told me there's no such thing and it was really that early on where there wasn't any computer graphic design going on I suppose there was there was some going on in the television industry but nothing for the uh, average person to get into create computer art. And so I just uh, decided to get into computers and I, I started working in mathematics and, and computer programming. And I went that direction for a number of years and actually went into and completed a, a degree and just some basic general courses at the Minneapolis Community College. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I went in there learning basic math, came out of there in calculus five. So I really did a, a lot of uh, work at the community college. And then I went into the U of M and finally graduated with an MIS degree in um, at Augsburg College. And then from there, I went into the Carlson School of Management in their business program, all the while not taking and doing any artwork. So after all was said and done, you know, when I come out of it, I'm sort of out of school and, and established in some of these other uh, 
economic development type of jobs that, you know, I really wanted to continue to do something creative with my art. And that's when I decided to uh, learn Photoshop and, and, and create art of my own. And I asked my cousin to show me to how to, you know, because he was into it a little bit. And I asked him to show me how to do it. He said, no, he wasn't, he wasn't going to show me. And so I said, well, forget it. I'll figure it out myself. And so I went ahead and got uh, the application and put it on my computer and was self-taught or was, you know, since then. And, and so I, uh, I, and so I used that and I made images and I made greeting cards and my uh, cousin's wife told me to start selling stuff and, and making the things selling my cards and, and doing other things with my images and from there I just started putting things together and buying printers and in putting together matted prints and I learned how to cut my own mats and and sort of just all self-taught and and that's how I sort of uh, got into this whole thing about uh, creating and selling artwork and getting out there. And I created a, my own business and it's called uh, Standing Cloud Graphics. My son named it for me. And and ever since then, I've done all kinds of different things, you know, with my art graphics, you know, making boxes, making magnets, of course, prints and made images for coffee tables and yeah it just goes you know i do whatever I'll, I'll make up i'll go ahead and try to put it on something different i've done coasters i've done just different things and people seem to buy it so i just keep making it and uh, it's nothing that i can quit my job over but i'm, I'm having fun doing it good well i want to go back to that you mentioned at the beginning there vendors so I've seen your art shows and market events, and you're out there chatting folks up, selling things. What are your thoughts on Native art opportunities in Minnesota? You think there are like a good number of opportunities? Do you have like favorite places to go? And do you venture out elsewhere? Well, I, I share a vendor space with all kinds of different artists. I know that a lot of the folks that I see out there are those who are, you know, they do they do things like beadwork and other crafts, jewelry. I've seen this one guy, I can't remember his name. He didn't, he was doing cards, but I have not seen somebody such as myself creating prints, uh, buy prints and matted prints and whatnot. But I think the opportunity for computer graphics is is wide open. You know, there's plenty of room for different artists to um, share in, in getting these images that we create out there for our youth and our American Indian community to see because people are, they take pride in, in, in seeing some of the artworks that are produced. And um, But I think there's lots of room for vendors and artists to continue creating and sharing their uh, artwork with the communities and making somewhat of a living off doing their work. Right now, what I've been doing in the past year, and it seems to be working, is that I have got into AI art, computer-generated imagery that's done by a, a robot, we'll call it. 
I use an application called Midjourney. I had a friend, she's into digital art. Her name is Marlena Miles. And she was posting some of her images that she was creating with this program. And it, they were really uh, intriguing. And I asked her, I said, well, how are you doing this? And she, you know, she told me, well, Midjourney, da, da, da. So I got the application up and running. And then what I've done is use some of my own language to ask the computer to generate certain images of mine. It's taken a lot of trial and error. A lot of things that I first started producing didn't turn out the way I really wanted. But as I continued on, I uh, was actually producing a lot of uh, images that I was happy with. And uh, with my instruction, this computer will... Uh, robot will uh, recreate these images and I've used some of the other artists who use this application some of their some of their language and and I figure out how to structure different instructions in in my own code and so I've really uh, been playing with that quite a bit and when things are produced I think man people got to see this stuff you know I just can't create it and file it away because it's good enough for other people to enjoy. And so what I've done was create it and enhance it. Sometimes bring it into Photoshop, print it, mat it, and people buy it. I do know that there's some people out there who say this is it's controversial where you're you're getting a computer to do these images and it's cheating and you're putting people out of work, real artists. I understand what they're talking about, but if somebody sees an image and they like it that I've created, that I want to put together and present, and package up and for people to buy it, and I tell them straight up, this is a this is all done by a computer robot, and they'll okay, and they'll buy it, and so I'm gonna sell it. I'm gonna sell it. I you know it's not doing anybody that I know any harm. As long as people want to uh, enjoy in, in these what images that are I create and they want to buy it, I'm going to continue to produce it. So that's what I've been doing somewhat, not exclusively, but you know, there's a good part. Maybe 15% of my work is AI generated, and I've actually been able to use those images and and get them out there, and it's kind of uh, kind of fun. How detailed do you need to be with like the descriptions when you're typing in in mid-journey and like getting this image created? Yeah, you can actually ask the computer to create something that looks like a palette knife rendering or a, or an oil painting or patchwork. You can say, here's I want you to create it look like this. And then what I've done is I use the words Native American. So I'll say something to the effect, uh, create something in patchwork of a Native American kids with sunglasses on with this kind of background and at, in this size. And it'll tell you what size to uh, use and uh, hit, hit enter and something comes up. And, it, and, and if I, I like that image, I can take that same rendering and use it as a reference. And I'll tell the computer, all right, let's use this image 
and do it and do it again. So use this image, create an oil painting by a certain even artist. I can say, I think I'm not quite certain of all the artists that you can actually mimic. Let's say Leonardo da Vinci. I don't know. You could do, you could say Leonardo of a Native American children with sunglasses, with stars in the background at this size. And you punch it in and it kicks out something that just is surprising. You know, sometimes when I produce these things, I look at it and I go, holy Christ, it's almost like um, something's coming out of somewhere that has been hidden up for all this time and, it, and it's revealing itself. And it's almost like you're calling up different spirits, actually. You know, when I think about it, it's really crazy feeling when you think about uh, some of the stuff that comes out of this. You're listening to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. Native Lights is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Today we're speaking with Stephen Standing Cloud, citizen of the Red Lake Nation. He's an artist whose work celebrates American Indian art and beauty as part of cultural identity and tradition. Let's let's dive just a little bit more into your you know overall art. What is the philosophy that drives your work? Uh, you discussed earlier that you enjoy when people connect to your work and relate to it. What What's the philosophy behind it? What do you want people to get out of it? You know, because I'm a woodland native, northern Minnesota, I'll use a lot of floral designs in some of my work. I've actually uh, was inspired in my early life from my grandmother. She was a, a beadwork. She did a lot of beadwork. And she used nothing but floral designs in all of her um, creations. And so early on, those impressions of her beadwork really were plastered into my mind about exactly who I am as an artist. And so I've, I'll use a, a lot of uh, floral designs in, in my work. And uh, the philosophy behind that is that when people see different floral patterns and whatnot, you know, they can say, when someone looks at those images, they can say, yeah, I I can relate to this work. This is, I've seen this before. This is who I am. There's a, a Mishinaabe person or whatever. They can relate to the imagery and understand, uh, you know, have some sort of connection between that that art in themselves and so i i believe that's some of the basis that i come out with is just understanding that people reflect when they when they see uh, an image and, and if they like it enough they'll buy it and put it on their wall and they can always look at it and refer to it and say yep look there it is there's who i am uh, this this piece that's on my wall tells everybody who I am as a as an Ishnawi person because a lot of my folk a lot of my customers are are American Indian. So I'll do some of that. I've also done some skeleton art, we'll call it. Yeah, I can't remember his name. He's a Canadian artist and it kind of shows these uh, really bright colorful images that look like they have uh you can see their skeletal 
insides where you got things like uh, you can see their heart and their ribs and and uh, and so I've done some of that and, and I've I've done moose, eagles, and a bear. And so I some did some of that other skeletal work and some of that stuff is a reflection of Anishinaabe culture into it as well, where people can see that they go they can reflect and say, Yep, I can see myself in these images. People will say to you know to themselves when they look at this stuff. Uh, so I'll, you know, what I want to do is is just that is create these images people can relate to and they be they're attracted to that they actually wanted to buy and put up on in their wall uh, something that they can identify with and be proud of and say yes this is who i am these are some of the these are the images of my my people anyway I've also, I do some of the same things using geometric designs too, as well. My standing cloud name is, is Dakota. So I have some Dakota lineage as well. So that gives me the right to go ahead and create geometric planes images in addition to my, my Anishinaabe artwork. Well, is there anything particular you're looking forward to, Stephen? Anything else that you're going to try with your art? Any new creative endeavors? I'm trying to think. You know, I really want to say, oh, heck yeah, I really got some things going on in, in the hopper. And uh, what I want to do for my daughter, I'm doing some work for her. She likes, it's called the Amazing Digital Circus. It's a cartoon characters. It's take those characters and, and put native images behind them. And so it's just like a cartoon sort of feel to it with native images in the background. So I just want to create stuff. I've been creating stuff for her, you know, not that um, other people wouldn't be interested in it, but, but I, but I don't think I, I have the right to uh, uh, say create a Mickey Mouse and put my native designs on there and sell it, you know? So I, I, I just do it mostly mm -hmm. for her. Now you can, cause Mickey Mouse is public domain. <laughs> just Maybe got into public domain i mean i would check out the fine print of course yeah so it's just you know fun things like that where you're actually going stepping out of animal figures or something maybe create these cartoon things and put them into uh, uh indigenous sort of themes and, and get it out there for kids and i enjoy looking at some of that stuff as well so yeah, I think we got to all the questions. You know, we like to ask, do you have any final thoughts, anything else you'd like to say about your work as we close the interview out? Yeah, I really enjoy um, actually talking with folks about my artwork and because I've never really had any sort of recognition doing what I what I do. And so it's always fun just to get out there and, and uh, be recognized for um, some of the, my work. And it's always just encouraging and inspiring and, and uh I'm really just trying to do it for, you know, the kids and whatnot so that they can feel uh, a pride in who they are, where they come from, and actually take on and do their own work and keep in doing the same things that I've done. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bringing native art forward. I like that. I 
that and helping out the helping out those who are pursuing that as well. So Jimmy Gwaitch to Stephen. Wow. Stephen Standing Cloud, citizen of the Red Lake Nation, artist, excellent talker. Very good. Really enjoy it. I'm Cole Primo. And I'm Leah Lem. Miigwech for listening. Gigawapaman. Gigawapaman. You're listening to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. Native Lights is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund.